welcome to episode 48 of the Adelan Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Sarah and Doc and Adam. In this episode, we discuss A Death of the Inhumans number two, Marvel Rising, Miss Marvel and Squirrel Girl number one, not to be confused with Marvel Rising, Squirrel Girl and Miss Marvel number one, and Fantastic Four number one. Hi, boys. How are you? Doing well. Yeah, doing good. How are you? I'm okay. That's, well, that's, well, that's good. good. That's, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's positive. We we'll start on a positive note. It's like you know. Okay, I, just so okay. we're going to start on a negative note. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, definitely humans too. Jesus Christ. <sighs> yeah, that was a downer, wasn't it? Yeah, although. I mean, just just to go in, you know, just a spoiler alert for Definitely the Human Three. Just look at the cover. Yeah. Um, because well, the cover doesn't always mean anything. Well, true, but but Ariel Olivetti has uh, posted some spoilers uh, artwork on his Instagram or artwork that looks very spoilery. So, what happens in this issue? Take with a grain of salt. Yeah, because um, cause I think something that I think it was Doc said in the last issue, I think we might bring up again, a uh, okay. last episode of this podcast, rather, but about the last issue. So, Why don't we jump right into it? Yes, please. Yep, let's do. All right, so so much got, to discuss uh, in so little time. <laughs> yeah, the second issue, with uh, written by Donna Cates, with art by... Ariel Lavetti and Colors by Jordi Bellier. Um, oh my gosh. Okay, where to begin? Uh, in the previous issue, the royal family had been lured away, and in their absence, a new faction of the Kree Empire lay siege to the kingdom of Arctillon. Um, they were led by this powerful and mysterious being known as Vox, and they completely raised the city, slaughtering its citizens, leaving behind the ominous ultimatum, join or die. Um, and then this issue begins with, um, with Crystal and Black Bolt and the others kind of wandering through the ruins, feeling terrible. Um, you know, thousands had perished amongst them. Triton, Naja, Starlion, Maximus, Lockjaw. Flagman. Um, Flagman, too. Man, don't forget Flagman. And, uh. <laughs> Just the best in human. All, yes. It's all weighs especially heavy on Black Bolt. He had been their king, their protector, not for him, and he was their king. He let them die. He feels really bad. He's uh, writing all their names down on his uh, notepad, um, you know, and he's just uh, uh, trying not to let the whole thing give in to despair and blind fury. Um, the Kree had delivered their ultimatum, and now it's on to him to provide a response. Uh, the narrative then switches forward to the planet Hala, which is kind of a burnt cinder of a world. Uh, it had once been the seat of power for the Empire, um, but now it's after what happened in the Black Vortex miniseries. It's uh, pretty much just obliterated. Which, which is weird, because the, the Black Vortex was like, what, four years ago? At least. Which is... It's a long time ago. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, yeah. It's nice. It's nice for continuity, but right to have to go back and reread just seems a bit a uh, while ago. Bad point. But anyway, so the on this burnt world, um, there's a, a new sort of military uh, complex has been built, 
and we see that Karnak enters into the facility as sort of an emissary for his people, stating that he's come to negotiate a surrender. And he's met by an unnamed Kree general, flanked by a pair of accusers, and uh, Karnak, he dispenses with the pleasantries in his usual manner, and he asks what became of Ronin, the former ruler of the Empire, and the general replies that Ronin has been eliminated. He further explains that he and his people were explorers sent out by the Empire to the furthest reaches of the galaxies to reconnoiter potential areas of expansion. Their mission extended for centuries, whole generations lived and died while they were on their quest, and all the while, what drove them forward was their faith in the Empire. They, they felt they were serving something greater than themselves. And they finally returned, only to, to discover that Hala had been destroyed and the Empire scattered. And uh, Karnak has very little in the way of sympathy to offer. He's like, yeah, that must have sucked to come home and find your family dead. Uh, <laughs> I love Karnak. That's right. But, you know, and he, and he says, he says, you know, like the Inhumans didn't destroy Hala. Uh, why have they become the target of this of, of their rage? The Inhumans are free people disassociated from the Empire. And the general counters that the Inhumans are not free. They are slaves. They are tools and weapons created by the Kree. He demands that they can either return as dutiful soldiers or be crushed as deserters. And it's here that Karnak chooses to correct the general in his misassumption. He had not come to offer uh, terms of the inhuman surrender, but rather accept the surrender of the Kree. The general is disappointed, but by no means surprised. And he calls out his war chief, this guy Fox. No further information on who or what this creature is, other than he's Still. pretty tough. Uh, he, he speaks in a bizarre third-person plural. and he says, says this to Right, he calls he himself. Speaks like Venom. <laughs> well, there might be something to that. Um, he's tough as hell. Um, Karnak, you know, tries to use his precision powers to strike him and whatnot. Vox counters him and, and stabs him right in the abdomen. It's a painful but not lethal wound, and Karnak kind of grimaces through it all and says that his king has arrived to offer his statement. And just then, Black Boat. Black Bolt touches down on Hala, and he wastes no time uh, just leveling the uh, the Kree army. He delivers what would later be referred to as the Black Eulogy, reciting the name of every inhuman who had perished in the Kree's attack. Uh, each name resonates with a seismic blast that tears through the army with merciless destruction. Although there's one name that Black Bolt cannot bring himself to recite, it would just be wrong to turn this name into a weapon. Uh, the name itself is left unrevealed. I'm thinking it's most likely Lockjaw, because Maximus wouldn't be psyched to have his name turned into a weapon. Um, the Kree are all but just just, just decimated, um, and uh, Vox, however, remains unfazed. Uh, he stands behind Karnak, holding the blade to his throat, and wonders aloud why Karnak had been sent if Black Bolt had resigned himself to attack. And Karnak replies that that was his idea. Uh, he, had, he had to be there to see it for himself um, and sort of sate his need for vengeance. And it's here that Black Bolt falters a bit in his resolve. In the past, you know, BB, he might not have flinched at the idea of sacrificing Karnak to achieve his end. But this is a different Black Bolt, very much changed by his experiences detailed 
in you know that twelve issue solo series by uh, Martin Ward. Um, the um, the used, uh, Eisner Award winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he uses sign language to offer himself in exchange for Karnak, and Vox accepts the offer. He teleports instantly behind Karnak. Uh, to right behind Black Bolt, and then proceeds to slit his throat. Uh, and it's a gory scene with Black it Bolt really falls, he's seemingly dying, and it's right here that the issue ends with the promise of continuation next month. Great! <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Kill off all our favorite characters. Yeah. I don't know if Black Bolt's necessarily dead, but his voice is probably shot. Wow. Right. Yeah. So... The wound, you know, I mean, the larynx and the carotid artery are pretty much right next to one another. And, I mean, I guess you could conceivably cut one without cutting the other. Um, I think we will see what is the case. Um, there's there's a lot of information out there that suggests that Black Bolt is not dead, but that he may be, uh, uh, have his powers taken away. Um, you, there's a line in the text where it, it, it refers to how Black Bolt will look back on this day, meaning that he right. uh, at least lives <laughs> one day further. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I mean, I think it's going to be that you know, uh, the, the, the uh, Vox cut his larynx. I, I don't think it's going to be oh, you know, slit his throat because yeah, because just because of the cover of the next issue. Well, there's that. Yeah, um, I mean, it, this is the same situation as it was with the first issue. It's, it's quite well written. It's well illustrated. It's beautifully colored, and it's a total bummer to read. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> Black so, Bolt and Karnak get some really neat moments of being badasses. Yet, but they're also handed, you know, get their lunch handed to them by Vox, and the Black Eulogy is super cool. Yeah. And uh, yet it ends up a little less black eulogy and a little more red wedding when Black <laughs> Bolt gets his uh, gets his neck slit, slit uh, Caitlin Stark style. Um, so this this is going to sound really silly, but I've right. just noticed is it, it's not silly. It's basically um, so I used to play uh, you know like tabletop wargaming. So yeah. I, I used to play Warhammer Forty K, and I've just realised all of the Cree like. Uh, all the Cree ships and stuff are taken straight from that. Um, yeah, yeah. And there was an article on uh, Bleeding Cool pointing that out. Yeah, and it's like uh, literally down to the iconography on the ships. It's it's. I'd be concerned if I was Marvel, at Marvel but you know, maybe not. Maybe they're too big to take on. Swiping is looked down upon, but not necessarily illegal. Um, well, sure. they're also not going like trying to steal the cannon. They're just well, no, but what, when it's down to like the because those icons are very specific to oh. um, the game. They're not the well, yeah, the, the tabletop game. I guess it depends on the the copyright the tabletop game has on that. Yeah, so so that that was that was my concern, but it's it's kind of cool to see that because it was like something I used to do for quite you know a long time of my life. So, I've only just noticed it now. I think it's, so. it's I wonder why they look familiar. I don't know this war ember, but um, I I can imagine that uh, <laughs> Mister uh, Olavetti is a little embarrassed by that. Um, I I don't know. Maybe he's a, maybe, do? maybe it's just he's a fan potentially. Sure. 
So you might play it. You yeah, exactly. Know. That's that's what I mean. It might be. It might well be a uh, that he's a fan of it. But it was a it was, well, a, good, well, it was a good issue. There are okay. Yes, he's right. Um, <laughs> let's go. Let's go back okay, to the Okay, so let's look at because I, I actually want to point out that page that shows that Kree warrior looking at the Inhumans on Earth. Right. And we see Iso and uh, Emily, because I can never say her superhero name right. We see Moon Girl, Luna, Miss Marvel, Ahura, and I'm assuming that's Kid Kaiju? Yes. Okay. Well, I wanted so to be it's, sure um, I had them all Is right. Synapse the one that you couldn't say? Yeah, Synapse. Yeah. It, it's inter- I mean, the general is basically saying yeah, that once we get our bearings, we will go to Earth. And also take revenge or sort of recruit or destroy all the inhumans that are, you know, harboring on, on Earth. But I think it's, it's also a way of saying, you know, this is the, the next generation of, of inhumans that if, you know, if the royal family do die, um, in this, in this, uh, event, that this is that these faces are are who will kind of carry on the baton beyond it, um, which is kind of an interesting idea. It is, but I mean, um, so going back to what I said earlier about you know there was a you know, a reference I was going to talk about. I think it was you said last uh, last episode, Doc, um, yeah. which was basically that. But uh, when uh, Maximus and Lockjaw got shot. They seemed to disappear, and it wasn't necessary. You know, it, it wasn't clear whether they were actually like disintegrated or whether they were like teleported. Right. The, so the uh, the effect of uh, of uh, Vox teleporting from behind Karnak to behind uh, Black Bolt is the same sort of uh, yeah evaporatory effect. Um, it, it you know we're kind of grasping at, at straws and hoping and seeing what you want to see when you hope. But um, yeah, that definitely seems like there is a uh, continued possibility that that Max and Lockjaw um, are not dead. Yeah, and I, I think it's potentially going to be rather than join or die, it's basically join or go to prison for a long time and you know <laughs> get put into <laughs> uh, some strange pl- prison that Black Bolt was in uh, in his his, his Eisner Award winning series. Yeah. Well, Never I mean, know. It's, it, you know, That'd be when cool. when. When Vox was was going through Arctil and killing everyone, it's like the, the sort of whom he saw as the lower tier, less powerful in humans. They got the scythe, you know, and right. killed them. But when it came to uh, humans that that might be useful to um, uh, to the Empire, he, he used his voice and and dissipated them into this ether, um, which could be a way of of gathering them or collecting them as prisoners. So, we so do you think this potentially is going to be a soft reboot for the Inhumans in general? Because I could see that. Because I, I, it looks like they're getting rid of all of the kind of like the new Inhumans introduced in the Soul Run. Um, well, they didn't. They we don't. We still have. Um, I mean, I'm, t- I'm talking about like B list and stuff like that, but not not the not the top tier Inhumans. But obviously, you've still got Miss Marvel, Moon Girl. Um, well, you still also have Frank because he's been showing up in Daredevil, and then we haven't seen um, we haven't seen um, we don't know, know what's become of and uh, Panacea. Panacea. Yeah, so so basically, it's all of those that are aren't top tier, but like D-listers that were introduced during that Soul Run, I reckon. 
Well, well, I, Inferno still it's only Nausea so far because all the rest of them are okay. Yeah, and and Flagman, but Nausea. What did Nausea actually do? Come on, guys. I like I like Nausea. Yeah, she I, was I a badass. Well. I'm, I'm she was a mystery kid. too. There was a story to be told there. Oh, there really was. Yeah, there yeah. was a story to be told there, and Donny Cates went and killed her off because she she was very. There was a mystery about her, and I wanted to know what it was. Well, it was, it was all about her looks, wasn't it? Um, the fact that she got turned into an inhuman and kind of she she did something before she was an inhuman, right? And she's also Hispanic. Yeah. So, and we haven't seen Flint. Yeah, we don't know what's the story with Flint. Um, he's, and, he's, uh, he's, he turned into a he turned into an icicle. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good point, though. Um, I, I I kind of hope that all new humans survive. That'd be positive. I mean, oh, with Marvel yes. with Marvel Rising, you kind of assume that at least one will survive. Um, well, yeah. I mean, because we've got Inferno and Marvel Rising, so yeah. Yeah, and I mean. Kaiju, it wasn't he in something recently too? Is is I don't think his book is still going on, is it? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. I wasn't picking up monster. Was it monsters? Monsters Inc. I haven't um, seen it in some sets, so I don't think it is. But he's <laughs> monsters unleashed. That's unleashed, it. not but monsters I, incorporated. There, there is a uh, there's a series of of young reader novels that that's that he uh, plays a part in. And it's all just kind of creatures of the week. Um, And uh, so, I mean, yeah, he's still around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I thought he was kind of cool too. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to issue three. Um, I'm, well, I was going to go back to that page again because I was, I was surprised that they included him on that. Oh, well, I think it's, I think it's because they all had or have relatively, you know, they're the, they're the recognizable Inhumans, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they've I mean, all had their own books. I mean, and then, well, Luna and Ahura, because of who their parents are. Yep, and um, Iso, because she's the, you know, president or Peter. prime minister or whatever you want to call it of um, the, New Outland. The New Outland. Um, but on a on a slightly, a slightly more positive note, uh, Donny Cates is at Bedford Comic Con in the UK in two weeks' time. Out. It's it's a it's a three hundred mile round trip for me. <laughs> um, Are you going? I I'm debating it at the moment. I really want to, because um, I want to get some stuff signed by him, obviously. But <sighs> you're not gonna go kick him in the shin or something. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. I'm trying to get him on the show, guys. Not, not initially, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Donnie Cates, if you're listening, we really would like you to come on the show. Please come on the show. I I sent yeah, you messages. Uh, and you haven't Don't responded. She's followed you down the street. She's <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, um, uh, yeah, Donny Cates is is just like one of those up and coming writers, isn't he? Not up and coming, but like he's going to oh, find success. Definitely at one of he, he. Oh yeah, he's he already has because he's like on a lot of books right now. Him and Matthew Rosenberg and Kelly Thompson are are Marvels. Yeah. Like, I mean, big I, right, right I now. And Charles guys... Soule, I think, but he's a little bit quieter than the other three, I think. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if uh, well, Kelly Thompson's now um, Marvel uh, exclusive owned. Yeah, exclusive. That's what I was uh, working uh, looking for. Um, I'm not Rose... sure if Donnie and Matt are I, though. I, I don't know if Matt Rosenberg is, but I mean, he's yeah, he's brilliant. But I think um, Donnie Cates he's is really uh... cool. I've met him. He's nice. 
Yeah. Met him at NYCC last year. Nice. Yeah. Donny Cates is awesome. Uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider. That's an awesome book. Apparently Venom's killing it. Yeah, I've I've seen that as well, and it gives like so an or- do you think, origin. Do you think that there might be a connection between uh, Vox and the Simabites, Simabotes, uh, Symbiotes? Uh, Whatever. I I don't think so. I I think that Vox is just like. I'd hope that they've kind of taken inspiration almost from the Earth-X one in terms of looks, but I think he's completely original. Right. So, at least, mm. you know, I don't know. It would be cool. You know, there was a, a way in the way back, there was an issue of Fantastic Four where um, uh, Maximus took over Adelan by um, taking these three alpha primitives and subjecting them to Terragenesis, and that somehow caused them to become this a unified being called the Tricon uh, that also spoke in a in a third person plural, uh, we and whatnot. I I wonder if if maybe you know in the past the Kree had created the the supreme intelligence by taking all their greatest thinkers and scientists and philosophers and sort of melting their minds into one you know one a singular whole that maybe uh, that, that that sort of process is being utilized to create uh box i don't know oh, that'd be that pretty cool that's interesting yeah i mean that's quite interesting but i i, I can't when's issue three out um uh, august 5th august 5th is august 18th now doc i'm <laughs> in september 5th yeah it looks like it should be september the 5th yeah oh, so okay yeah so um I, 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 I'm kind of under the assumption now that they're not going to kill off the Inhumans, so I don't have to kind of click the cancel button on all my Marvel subscriptions. Um, <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to issue three. I kind of really want to see where it goes, but I'm also kind of like, no, don't do that. No, Here's what I'm, I'm interested. I've been really enjoying it, though. I, I, I'm, what are you interested in, Doc? Well, the villains are kind of uh, boring. You know, it's like these this, this new fraction of the Empire... I wonder if they're kind of a faint if um, there's someone else behind all this because, um, you know, not only are they, their motivations are kind of pat, you know, they want to make Hala great again, whatever. But um, they also, they <laughs> are they, all, are they, they led all by a blonde off. leader. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, um, I say orange. Yeah, um, orange. I, I, I think that there's going to be, there's another twist that will be revealed before this. Uh, oh, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wonder if that sort of next time um, page at the end of the book, I wonder if that's kind of like a suggestion to things to come. Um, right. You know, because it's got Ronan the Accuser, or I assume it's Ronan the Accuser there. Yeah, all the accusers kind of look the same, but um, oh, well, I, just, there's, I, there's I hope feel for, like that's probably him. Yeah, I was going to hope, hope for Ronan. Um but yeah, so September the fifth can roll on by, um, and I will buy the book, and I will probably get sad. So. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll all get sad, but I'm still like hooked, and I kind of want to know what the hell's going on because there's something yeah. more going on that we're not seeing. So definitely, um, I would like I would like to get to the bottom of the mystery, please. Yeah, and yes. um, and I highly recommend uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider as well if anybody's looking for something else to read because it is just a, such a fun book. 
um, by Donny oh. Case. If I, what, what I would suggest is you read Death of the Inhumans and then read Cosmic Ghost Rider. To lift your spirits because Death yeah. of the Inhumans is so sad. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So that's basically what I did the other day. I got um, Death of the Inhumans two, and then I was like, All right, I'm going to read something nice now. So I read um, Cosmic Ghost Rider issue two, and it's just such a such a fun book. Um, that's what I did today when I was reading the issues to before we started today. Yeah. I, I read Death of the Inhumans first because I was like, okay, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't end on that. Yeah. <laughs> so good, guys, but man, it's heavy. But yeah. Then, what was your palate cleanser? Uh, Fantastic Four and Marvel Rising, because I hadn't read Fantastic Four and Marvel Rising. And if you hadn't guessed, that was a segue. <laughs> <laughs> that was a segue. Let's go into Marvel Rising. Um, we're in part three now. Uh, but um, just this past week, um, the television series Marvel Rising Initiation um, launched on Disney XD. It is delightful, and you guys all awesome. must watch it. So, um, and I think some of the yeah. episodes are up on YouTube now, so you can just go onto YouTube and watch the whole episodes. Watch DuckTales while you're at it as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's absolutely a delight, much like the comic is. So yeah, I'm gonna have to catch that because I haven't caught it yet. It's oh, yeah. pretty good. Um, good. The uh, the animation's uh, a bit higher quality than than past Marvel outings. It's not quite on par with uh, what DC does in terms of their animated series, but it's a step up. And yeah, I was gonna say um, I, I don't think Marvel are gonna beat DC with their animation anytime soon. I mean, DC yeah, have been uh, doing it I mean, for well, Disney's uh, well. I, I like the animation. I think the animation. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I like it too. I guess. But it's when you go back seventeen years and like DC were putting out like well, Teen even stuff, even like... Disney's <laughs> animation seventeen years ago. If you look at the Disney stuff from like the mid nineties and late nineties, it was like movie quality. Yeah, like had no, you not seen Gargoyles because Gargoyles was a beautiful show. So... I, I did not. I'm afraid. <laughs> oh my god. You need to watch that show. Like half the Star Trek: The Next Generation staff voiced it. It is so good. Oh, <laughs> you need to watch it. <laughs> on that, on that list of uh, cool, cool recommendations, should we um, go through uh, Marvel Rising? Kamala Khan would have loved Gargoyles, guys. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's she's not even like she she was born technically she was born after the. Um, she was, After but year she would love Gargoyles, which, you guys. I yeah. guarantee it. And if I t- tweeted that to G. Willow Wilson right now, she'd probably agree with me. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> you want to well, take a I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is the third installment or actually the fourth installment. They're all... Um, they're calling then, it part three. Yeah, but we also had the free okay. comic book day one, so um, I, mm-hmm. I guess technically it's part... Three. No, it would be part three because the free comic book day was the alpha, wasn't it? Nope. How, no? The alpha was uh, the alpha. That was zero issue. Oh. Zero issue, then alpha, then uh, well, uh, Squirrel Girl and Bush Marvel. Well, I doesn't count then. So yeah, part three it is. Part yeah. three it is. So uh, the ne- next issue is part five of four, technically. <laughs> Just so <laughs> this is a, a, a whole lot of comic in one and uh, it's a great ride it's it's essentially broken up into two sections um one written by uh g willa wilson and the other by brian north and uh, devin grayson uh aiding in the writing for both parts um 
and it is an absolute riot. Um, so what's been going on is there's this new inhuman named Ember Quaid, and she has uh, very significant powers, and she can um, take in electricity and, I don't know, re-engineer it so that it comes out in all different forms. She can create video game creatures, or, as it turns out, she can send people into an entire digitized realm. Um, it begins with um, our heroes, uh, Miss Marvel, Squirrel Girl, uh, and they've recruited along the way Inferno and Miss America, um, and they're facing off against a horde of digitized zombies. Help! Um, and this part, this part is written by Wilson and Grayson, um, with art by uh, Ramon Box and um, Irene Strykowski. Um, nope, Ramon Box did this section with, uh, I don't know, someone else doing the color. Maybe he did both. And then Irene Strykowski does the other sections. Anyway, Joe yeah. Rosenberg did the coloring. Okay, there we are. I, in any case, so they fight off these zombies. It's crazy. Um, and uh, the whole time, Miss Marvel's like, I don't like these first-person shooter-style games. I'm much more of a, a multiplayer online deal. And they're like, whatever. How do we get out of here? And uh, Scroll Girl gets bit, and she turns green, and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> um, and um, Infected uh, uh, mode. Right. Infected mode. Well, then America glitches it out and gets, you know. Yeah. It's just like an ode to everybody who's ever played video games, ever. Exactly. Right. Except, you know, and, and uh, there's Miss America and, and uh, Inferno, Neither of them are gamers at all, and they're like, I don't know what's going on. And I related to them because I was like, I don't know what's going on because I don't play these games either. I was saying, and there's me and Sarah that sat there going, Yeah, this is so cool. <laughs> I know exactly I, what's going I, on. I felt so called out this entire this entire issue. <laughs> I was like, Oh, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's one comment that you, you actually tweeted earlier that we'll, I'll bring up in a, well, we'll bring up in a minute. Yeah, this is perfect. It is, but anyway. <laughs> so uh, Miss Marvel figures that um, that Ember is getting this energy, is creating these zombies by by way of sapping energy from somewhere. So if they can turn off the power grid for whatever section of the city they're in, um, maybe that will uh, help stop her. So they they uh, they uh, fight their way through the zombies. Um, until they get to, uh, you know, the, power the big station. power station, and they turn it off, and they're about, you know, they're about to um, to uh, capture Ember, and they're like, "Hey, no, don't be, you don't have to be this way. We can, we want to help you." And she's like, "I don't need your help." And then she <laughs> she zaps them off. Yeah. She zaps them off into uh, this uh, this world um, that kind of has a sort of medieval quality to it, whatnot. And it's World uh, of Warcraft. Yeah, Warcraft. Or yeah. <laughs> well, World of Ms. Battlecraft, Marvel. as it's uh, referenced to in this this issue. Uh, uh, yeah, issue. Yeah. Miss Marvel sees her reflection in, 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 a, in a river, and she she notices that she's got a level uh, connotation over her head. And that she she understands exactly what this is—that it's an M M O 
RPG dimension. Is it massively, is that mu- massive, massively multiplayer online role-playing game? Bingo. Did I get that in one? I think. Yes, I you did. That's good. Cool. And yeah. she's extremely into, like, this is, like, the best, like, time <laughs> of her life. Like, the whole issue, she's like, this is so great. This yeah. is so great. So she, she finds that if, <laughs> if that the more, <laughs> the more that she, uh, uh, smacks uh, evil <laughs> robot rats she, or swords. The gets. more loot she gets. It's just so good. Oh, <laughs> can you tell that we enjoyed it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, but she plateaus at level sixty, and, and like that should be when the game that's ends. End I guess. game? No, 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 no. That's when the game begins because that's when oh. the rating starts, and you get uh, even rating. more epic loot. And then you can just go down to the lower levels and one-shot things and look like a god to all the newbie players. It's wonderful. But that, that's why I like offline RPGs, because then you don't have to show off to anyone. And you can suck as much as you like. That's alright. I loved WoW. <laughs> I didn't... I loved WoW. I still love WoW. I just haven't played it because my computer's old. So... Well, what was... Re- uh, yeah. What was really great is there was this one... They get to that part... Where they're like, well, how do we break the game? We gotta break the game, to get banned. <laughs> and there's that one panel, and like, it's just all. <laughs> and I'm like, I understood every word of that. <laughs> Wait, now, what, oh, oh, when they like, they make a, they, what do they do? They make a pile of crap, or you know, they're trying to get banned. So. This, like, this like, world well, is stupid. What do we have to do to get banned? And so Kamala's like, there's this one time we're raiding the charred domain and it's PvE, so I'm obviously here on my non RP alt and we're ganked by 400 raiders easy. They're OP. I'm LOS. <laughs> <laughs> and you understand all that stuff. I understood it all. So if you would like, I'll translate it for you, Doc, because I don't think okay. you do. I think you're going to have to translate it for me as well because I didn't get that, to be honest. <laughs> okay. There's only one thing I don't get, and that's. And I'll tell you what it was, but it's basically what she is saying. So we, there's this one time we're raiding the charred domain and it's player versus everyone. So I'm obviously there on my non role playing alt alternative character and we're ganked by 400 raiders easy. They're overpowered. I'm low on mana and we're running all the buffs we can, but we're still being CS, which I mean, think means CC'd, which is crowd controlled one shotted, especially our prots, which are your tanks. And we're dropping to 10 to 15 frames per second tops. I got that bit. <laughs> I got that bit. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> it is. Yeah, but there's there's the other panel where um where she's like uh which one is it um where she talks about basically they 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 get sad and then start a new character. Yes. Where she says, I mean, in the computer game version of this, you usually get bored and sad and then quit, or get bored and sad and then start a new character. That is every yes. RPG ever. That is. <laughs> That's like that's like me on Sky. I, I must have gone through like like a hundred different characters on Skyrim, and yet I played exactly the same one every single fucking time. <laughs> it's just exactly. Yeah. Oh my god, Gu- so- guys, this comic is wonderful. <laughs> and despite the fact that I have no idea what any of that crap means, I still enjoyed reading it. And as is uh, as is the case with um, with uh, Mr. North's uh, Ronan Squirrel Girl, he's got little uh, tiny 
panels of writing at the very bottom of the page. You need to pull out your bifocals to read. Um, but they're, they're pretty funny. Too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That just that just kind of like don't don't ever put it like that again. <laughs> what it's tiny writing. I mean, it just. I'm, I'm um, sorry. It just. Uh, all right, Granddad. Just you know. <laughs> All right. So while the while the heroes are are trying to figure out how to get out of this hellscape, um, Ember back uh, in reality is starting to second guess um, all that she's been through and gets pretty creeped out when her online friend, who's been coaxing her all along, uh, tries to get her to um, step into this uh, device that has her exact measurements and is some sort of like body harness and looks how bizarre is that and she's like yeah uh well i don't think so um but then he like says if you don't do it then they're all going to die and he just he starts getting really creepy uncle towards her and um so finally she remits and she lets and she goes into the device at which point um he reveals himself and it turns out that it's arcade is the creepiest of creeps. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I have to say, I had no idea who he was. I until... was thinking it was going to be the troll again from the previous Miss Marvel line. Oh, Doc, uh, mm. Doc yeah, X. Yeah, Doc X. That's who I thought it was going to be. I was thinking that the whole time, and then I'm like, oh shit, Arcade. That was really good. Yeah, and it's like, I, I don't think, like, as a character, he'd been used for probably years at this point. Well, he, he was last seen in the much revived, uh, reviled uh, Avengers Arena. Um, oh, really? Which, um, I know that. Right. He, he was he was the main bad guy in that, which was kind of like battle royale, but with but with young comic book characters. And um, didn't, didn't that come after? Blood I was gonna say, didn't that come after? Uh, what was it? The Young Avengers run? Yeah, it was actually <laughs> Avengers um, uh, Academy. That's the one. Yeah. It came after that, didn't it? Yeah, and it just like killed off a couple of the characters, like the first issue, and it, um, it was rough. Uh, who who's that written by? Wasn't that written by um, Hope. Dennis Hope? Yeah, hopeless. did he write yeah. Avengers Academy? I know he did Avengers Arena. I didn't realize he did Avengers Academy too. No, no he didn't. Uh, he just did Arena. I, I'm not sure who did Avengers Academy. I can't remember who did Avengers Academy either. I started reading it the other day. Might might be Christoph Gage, potentially. Anyway, so Arcade is is a super creep, um, and he actually uh, he was in a he was recently in uh, Kate Less Hellcat too. Sorry to interrupt, but anyway, Uh, go ahead. Okay. Um, And um, just as as this happens, um, the heroes figure out a way to escape um, their land by I don't know what they did. They made a pile of bones. Oh, they're sure trying that. to make too much loot and too much clutter in the world. So by constantly killing everything and not letting <laughs> the loot disappear, they broke the game that way. I, all right, I, all right. So they broke the game and uh, they come out of it and they're about to attack uh, Arcade, but he has coaxed Ember into getting into this device, which actually transfers her and human powers into him. And now he has all of these powers, which he immediately uses to send... Uh, the heroes down into some dungeon realm where they're uh, surrounded by a bunch of fire-breathing chickens. 
<laughs> and that is the cliffhanger ending. <laughs> so I, re- I realized, guys. I, I realized, guys. I reckon I could pull off a pretty good um, arcade cosplay. Oh, don't even say. No, it. I'm not. I'm, I'm not uh, going to do it. But like, like he, uh, yeah. I, I think I'm going to dye my hair now. Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's so creepy. Uh, the creep. Um. He is creepy. And, uh, um. Oh, the, so, this, the scene with um, Squirrel Girl pulling out the bad guy trading cards from Deadpool. And, right. and Miss Marvel's like, whoa, you've got bad guy trading cards? <laughs> I need those. I thought that was really funny, too. I, I, the I, bad I, guy trading cards is a running gag from Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, and um, they're always a riot. I'm going to be honest. Been- I, just, I just don't like when Deadpool is shoehorned into something it shouldn't be. Oh no! I, am, I, I I forgave that because yeah, I mean that that was trading cards. that was okay. I mean, but it, it's it's I just I don't like Deadpool. Yeah, well, I'm not a fan either. But um, those trading cards are pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's just seeing them everywhere disappoints me. Okay, I, I was a little bummed out when he showed up in the end of uh, Mr. and Mrs. X number one. I was like, oh, I was having so much fun. Why did yeah, you bring him in? Yeah, that's what I thought as well. And it was just kind of like, because Mr. and Mrs. X started out really well, and then Deadpool. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> it's like, it, I did finally get around to watching his, his the second movie. See, that was the, pretty dumb. The, the movies, the, the, well, the, the best thing about Deadpool 2 was Cable and Domino. <laughs> That's, mm. that's the reason I went to watch it. But, but I actually quite like the little guy they got playing Rusty or whatever. The little uh, uh, the New Zealand kid guy from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. he mean. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so this book is uh, <laughs> totally fun. I can't wait I... to see how it yeah. ends up. And, so, um, it, what, the big, what, big finale is set up for the fifth of October, of September. Which will be Miss Marvel Rising Omega number one. I don't know. Maybe I'll sneak in a zero issue between now and then. <laughs> Never know. Um, so, but it so looks to be. Are you still? How, what do you, are you still kind of a little bit annoyed at the price of it? Well, this one delivered because there was a lot of pages and a lot of story. Yeah. Um, Agreed. And because um, now you you get you get I think. Um, it's like it's more yeah, than a double it, issue. It's like it's like fifty pages almost. Yeah, it's, it's. I thought I I did not feel like I was cheated in this at all. Every page I thought was amazing. Yeah, but I, I think um, I think if you've got the right target audience, and I think me and you, Sarah, are probably maybe slightly more the target audience than Doc. Let's say I don't, you know, I don't mean. Yeah, yeah, sure. But my um, bifocals. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so it's kind of, I feel, I feel like maybe we enjoyed it more because of that. Um, could be, you know, maybe, maybe we just have to get, we just have to sit doc in front of like world of Warcraft, Skyrim. Yeah. I'll just have to get back into wow and I'll stream it. Yeah. No, 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 no. I would, I would actually pay, um, to come to the U S just to get doc on a, on a Twitch stream or something like that. <laughs> we, I wasted, we I wasted the, all that time <laughs> We hitched Doc up to to Twitch and World of Warcraft so we can 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 
can have the the noob experience all over again and 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 watch someone discover the game for the first time and and yeah that'll be fun look i'm i'm gonna tell you right now it's not gonna happen um (laughs) but um i do think that they're putting out um the floppies as just uh, a you know kind of a whatever that this is they know that their sales are going to come when it's all put together as a, as a trade paperback. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, and with the TV show even... and also the Marvel <laughs> rising toys. Oh, when saw, is that coming? I, I don't know. They were announced at SDCC and they are like right on par with those Disney superhero girl toys. And I will tell you right now that they are going to sell like candy. I would be very surprised if they did not, because finally, so, finally, finally, Marvel is having a toy line. Um, that will appeal to, I, well, I mean, you have Patriot and Inferno, but it will really appeal to little girls as well, I think, because the dolls are right on par with that, um, the, the DC superhero girls line. And I, I, I think, uh, if, if Marvel can keep this up and I hope to God they can, then, you don't reckon they're, well, they're that... going to release, you don't reckon they're going to release another, um, uh, superhero event for all their toy line, Derek, do you? No. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's an old reference. That's like, that's the original well, Secret Wars. The, they've got the TV show, but they also had the movie coming out. So the yeah, movie hasn't yeah. come out yet. So I forget, is the movie coming out in theaters or no? No, it's uh, on it's XD. Going, it's just going to be on XD. Yeah. Um, I, the, the whole deal is, is, is kind of... Um, I mean, they're they're copying what was what DC did with their uh, super friend girl thing, which is really successful. The one with with Batgirl and Poison Ivy and Wonder Woman, Harley um, and right, Vixen and got all of them, and they have the matching dolls to match. Yeah, I've seen them at Target, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cute. And um, but it's it's been a huge uh, success, um, and. I think that it's a wise move to uh, recruit younger uh, girl readers. That that um, that is a part of the demographic that that comic books have been trying to to right. Uh, Marvel's get been very very behind. I mean, uh, DC's yeah. been on top of it for a while now. Marvel's years behind. DC in that and I feel like when the Avengers came out they should and especially Age of Ultron with Scarlet Witch they should Mm -hmm. have been on that they should have been coming out with with little superhero versions like like the 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 DC superhero girl line they could have come out with Maria they could have come out with Widow they could have come out with Scarlet Witch I mean there are they, they could have come out with a whole line and if you know when they announced Captain Marvel and and they have been pretty good with the Captain Marvel toys but I think they could be better I, I think Marvel coming out. I think they really need to jump on it. They 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 do, but the Marvel comics I think are maybe regressing slightly. Um, yes, because you know before, well after Secret Wars or even before Secret Wars, after about twenty fourteen, I think it was when Miss Marvel got introduced. You know, Jane Foster became four. Um, you know, you had all the Spider Spider Woman had, all had those runs. Black Woman, women, uh, Black Widow, even led- so. We had 23 women-led Marvel books yeah. after Secret Wars, and, yeah, and now, and now we're down to we half of that. Yeah, well, it's not even that, because like, Domino's ending soon, because uh, I'm just looking at you know what I've got in my pool list recently. 
Um, yeah, Mr. and Mrs. X is non-going. X-Men Reds led by Jean Grey. West Coast Avengers and Jessica Jones. Yeah, yeah. And it's it just feels a bit kind of regressing. It, it just feels like well, a regression. Yeah, because they're going back to what the Winers wanted, and because the Winers didn't like all the <laughs> diversity and stuff, so they're pulling it I, back. I, I don't even think it's that. I think Secret well, Warrior, think... Uh, Secret Wars killed it. And I, I saw a, I saw a really good. I disagree. <sighs> yeah, I think absolutely off the mark on that one. I, they what? brought in this guy, CB. Oh yeah, he, he's, he, he's not is. helping things. I think and he's, he's the exact who, reason. He's the exact reason why. Yeah, yeah. He, no, they, this is someone who cut his teeth pretending to be an Asian guy um, <laughs> to get writing gigs. I'm like, yeah, come on board, and he's kind of resetting the status quo. Iron Man's uh, Tony Stark again, uh, Thor is Odin's son again, Captain America Steve Rogers again. Everything's gone back. Yeah, but you got yeah. this little niche world that I think is mostly being spearheaded by Sa- Sana Anamat and Will Moss that's putting out you know these, these, uh, these less prominent but still excellent books like Marvel Rising, like Moon Girl, like Miss Marvel, um, and you know, it, uh, it, they're still there, and um, give them love. Yeah, I mean that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, I like, mean Unstoppable Wasps has come has come back. We're getting Nadia again because her trade like like exploded. Everyone yeah. bought the trade, so we were getting Nadia back, and that book was a joy as well. So yeah, yeah and then they're, they're, I think they're bringing back a a, a version of uh, Fearless Defenders called. As Guardians of the Galaxy, which actually um, looks really which, good, and that's being written by Cullen Bunn as well. So, Captain America is being written by um, Tennessee Coates. Tennessee Coates, yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's been. And wild. I've heard that's been really good. Yes, yeah, yeah. Black Black Panther has been has been, and Black Panther has been excellent as well. But he's writing that as well, isn't he? So, uh, Captain America. So. I've got Captain America, uh, Black Panther. They're all really good. Although so, I, I had heard that he was going to write a storm solo with, um, uh, uh, I forget who was going to do the art, and the whole thing got shelved, um, which seems to me like a huge missed opportunity. But, um, yeah, it's always it's always a missed opportunity for for storm because she had she had that uh, ongoing. When was it? Twenty fourteen ish, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. Um, good series. Yeah, apparently it was good. It was like you know, it just the sales weren't great. Um, and yeah, it, it goes. Life. Well, I mean, the thing is, I don't have anything against a because Marvel is a business. Ultimately, I don't have anything against them cancelling a book if it doesn't sell well. Because you know they've got to make money at the end of the day. That's what businesses do. But it, it's just right. when it's just when they start cutting off series because they feel it's not selling very well. But actually, in fact, it's just because. You know. Well, look at A Force. A Force was selling very well, but then after Civil War, it went poof. Yeah. And everyone wants it back. Well, I think that with Marvel being a subsidiary now of Disney, they can afford to seed the clouds. That you know they can put these books out there that 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 garner a readership gradually over time. Uh, that you don't have to strictly. Uh, adhere to the nostalgia factor and you can um, you know, build things up from the kids who don't have a lot of disposable income now but you know, when they're 15, 16, 20, 
40. Uh, <laughs> they'll be like, oh, yeah, these are the heroes I grew up with. These are the ones that really spoke to me. These are the ones who I identified or looked like me. Um, and I want to continue reading about them. And then you have a whole other, a whole new generation of readers. Yeah, um, I also think it's um, it's part and parcel of people's, uh, the way people consume media is, is changing as well. Um, right. Which is kind of like with the new Jessica Jones series. It's it's basically two parts of her book over basically every other month, I think. I can't remember. Right. And then, um, and then it's going to be released in trade. So I'm going to hold out and wait for the trade. I'm not going to buy it digitally. Oh, I'm not. Cause I'm impatient. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't see the point in buying a I, digital comic because I don't. I buy most of my comics digital now because it's just a little bit harder for me to get to the shop these days, which is a shame because I love my LCS. But lately, I, I have been. And honestly, I'll be. I'll be honest with you. I am. I am not above buying a comic digitally, buying the physical comic, and then buying a trade. I've done that too, because I probably am going to buy the trade. <laughs> Jessica Jones. See, see I, will, I will buy a monthly paperback because I like having the paperback because it means that Marvel aren't going to take it from under my feet digitally. Um, <laughs> because it's similar to iTunes. If, if they remove it from their server, it's gone forever. You can't read it again, even though you paid for it. Um, and I, I, I okay. buy trades, so... I, I just don't like buying digital things. Oh. Even though I have, uh, uh, I've, you know, I'm all about embracing the new and whatnot. Uh, my nostalgia bone, or for lack of a better term, was very much uh, uh, <laughs> turned on by this week, by last week's first issue of Fantastic Four. Now, this uh, is not an Inhumans book. But we're reviewing it because that's what you guys wanted us to do. Because we put a vote up on Ad- on our Adelan Rising Twitter, and um, I think the answer was pretty much. <laughs> it was a pretty definitive one. Yeah, it was kind of like pretty definitive answer, except for like maybe like two people. It was like <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it was like ninety seven percent of every other people that voted wanted it. So and how many votes did we get? Do you remember? Uh, somewhere around fifty. So okay, oh. you know. <laughs> So what, four people didn't want us to do it, so, or no, t- uh, less than that, one person. Yeah. So <laughs> all wanted us to review Fantastic Four number one. So we're and gonna... uh, that one person who didn't, uh, feel free to uh, tune out. Now. <laughs> do you know, and, and I, I will just say now that I, I, I literally bought this book because I told you, Doc, that I would buy it when it, when, when it returns. So. And what do you think? It was really good. Um, I I have to agree. I only bought it because I knew we were going to be reviewing it. Yeah. Because as soon as I saw the responses in like the first hour of that poll, um, I was like, "Well, I guess I got to buy this now." And, and, and you know, uh, and you know what? I'm 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 personally really enjoying Dan Slott's writing. Um, uh, I did. I enjoyed it. Like I I I know a lot of people are kind of pissed at Dan Slott for for Spider Man, but um, I've heard you know I've heard nothing but good things about uh, Silver Surfer. And, um, so I was like, you know, I'm going to, and I got it and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was surprised, but then I kind of, I kind of like, um, I, I, well, I'm, I've never been a fan of Reed from Secret Wars. And when I was reading Secret Invasion, I never really kind of liked them. Um, I really do love Ben and Johnny. Yeah. At least Moon Girl. And I was like, okay. Well, I I mean, I, I decided to read the Marvel two in one, um, when this got announced. Cause I was like, I I kind of want to just get into it a little bit. Um, and that's written by Chip Zdarsky. 
isn't it? Darsky. Yeah, that's the one. That's that is. Yeah. So and, and so, so neither of you are longtime Fantastic Four fans. No, the only Fantastic Four no. book I read beforehand, which because uh, I've got my iPad in front of me, uh, I can tell you was the Age of Ultron tie-in. Hmm. I have never really read it at all before. That's interesting. So as as FF neophytes, uh, you enjoyed this. Yeah, just coming. Yeah, cold. definitely. Yes, that especially the signal in the sky storyline. I, I may have teared up a little bit at the end. Well, you know, as someone who's I I, I might have I've I've read a, a metric shit ton of Fantastic Four over the years, and um, so coming in it from a completely different perspective, I also really enjoyed it. Awesome. Um, I was a little. I was a little bummed out that, that we didn't we didn't get the the, uh, the family reunion that we were promised, but I, I you know I've waited a couple of years, so I guess waiting another month won't be too bad. Um, and then they also had uh, the Impossible Man on the last page voicing my exact same gripes. So I'm like, all right, they were kind of expecting that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's that little that little paragraph at the end was like, it's just like, oh, come on, guys, <laughs> don't do this to us. Yeah, so. The book is by Dan Slott, with art by Sarah Pacelli and Marty Gracia. Um, and then there's a, a, a another section, uh, a couple, a side story uh, written by Slott with um, art by Simon Bianchi. Simone Bianchi. Simone Bianchi and Marco Russo. Uh, and then a little section by uh, Scotty Young uh, and Jeremy <laughs> Treese. Um, and a very stunning cover by Isad Ribic. Um, although also thousands of other variant covers. By yeah, I, I managed to get a, um, a Forbidden Planet variant edition that was signed by Dan Slott when he was in nice. London, which is really cool. Nice. Um, He's a really nice guy. And, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I, I read most, a lot of the Spider-Man. I don't understand why people, what they're uh, angry about. I think um, they're angry at him leaving. I'm, That's the thing. Uh, uh, I, Oh, really? Because I heard nothing about complaints. Like, everyone's going, oh, Dan Slott and Spider Ruin and Spidey, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right. Oh, but then yeah, sometimes but, yeah. people would be like, who would hate him? they go, okay, this was a better issue. But then they would go back to... My my fr- a friend of mine um Is, is he Stan the one Slott. who broke up Peter and MJ? No, uh, that no, was, uh, That came just before, I think. I think. I think people are mad at him for not putting them back together. Um, I think that's why they uh, like the uh, expensive. But anyway, Doc, you want to take us into Fantastic Four? Alright, okay, uh, the issue begins on a pretty regular day in the lives of Ben Grimm and Johnny Storm. Uh, Ben has gone out shopping with his uh, one-time girlfriend, Alicia Masters, uh, who almost coerces him into adopting a litter of kittens, kind of suggesting that raising them might be something they could do together. Um, Meanwhile, uh, Johnny's at a Mets game with his buddy uh, Wyatt Wingfoot, and uh, they're having a pretty good time. Um, now, beforehand, uh, they had sort of scoured the galaxy in the multiverse trying to find their lost family, uh, Reed, Sue, the kids. And um, they were unsuccessful. That was detailed in, in Marvel 2 and 1. Um, but they haven't given up hope yet. Uh, and suddenly, there's a, a flare goes up in the sky, uh, writing... Fantastic Four, and this is uh, uh, this is the signal flare the team used to employ to let them know, let each other know that a mission was afoot and they needed to 
convene. And um, it, it, Johnny gets super excited at seeing this. He's like, this means they're back. Oh, boy. And he flames on and, and blazes off in, in, in that way. And uh, Ben doesn't share Johnny's enthusiasm. Uh, and uh, he, he seems rather sad. And Alicia forces him to open up. And he, he states that he's, he's pretty much given up hope. Um, you know, he, he and Johnny had gone through the entire multiverse all almost uh, searching for others and they and, and they found nothing and, and as much as it pains him to say it he's kind of lost faith and feels that it's time to move on and, and accept that Reed Sue and the kids won't ever be coming back um, which is the exact opposite of what Johnny's feeling and he blazes across the city eager to be reunited with his family and wondering what sort of bizarre adventure they're about to go off on um, he finally makes it to the source of the flare and is disappointed to find that it was, wasn't his family. It was actually just a couple of Yancey street punks. Um, they, it was just a prank. Um, and, uh, the narrative switches to a news reporter, uh, relaying it all up and kind of giving us a quick summary of who the fantastic four are, how they gain their powers, et cetera, et cetera. The news story ends with comments from some of the auxiliary members of the team who have served alongside the family of the years, including Medusa, Crystal, Luke Cage, and it ends on She-Hulk, or rather Jennifer Walters, uh, She-Hulk's non-Hulk-down identity as uh, attorney of law. Um, and she condemns the two youths who had pulled off this prank, and then states that she's on her way to represent them as their lawyer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, you know, real quick... Um, uh, aside for a second there, I love the way that um, that Sarah Pacelli uh, illustrates both Medusa and Jen. Um, so just they look perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. A, that was a really nice panel, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. Although, quick question: When did sure. Luke, when was Luke Cage a member of the Fantastic Four? Um, it was around hundred issue one hundred and forty or so. Um, the thing loses his powers and, um, he actually hires Luke, uh, to be his, uh, replacement <laughs> on the team. He's a well, hero he for is hire. a hero for hire. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this was back when, when, when Cage was wearing his like crazy yellow shirt and, and silver tiara and, um, you know, doing that sort of like jive talk. Um, so that was, it was pretty fun, uh, having him on the team for a little while there. Uh, but, um, anyways, uh, Johnny is absolutely incensed. Um, he's super disappointed and that disappointment is given over to anger. He wants the book thrown at these two Yancey street goons. And, um, he's totally, he knows that Jen is a great lawyer and she's going to get them off a little more than probation. And he's even more outraged to learn that it was actually Ben who had hired Jen to represent them. Now, ben himself is from Yancey Street, and he's, you know, he doesn't want these kids getting in trouble and whatnot. Um, and so Johnny's hooting and hollering, and neither Jen nor Wyatt pay too much attention to him because they're <clears throat> too busy making googly eyes at each other they, they used to date. Um, anyways, back in Yancey Street, and Yancey Street doesn't actually exist, but it it's somewhere um, it's between. Moon Girl live on Yancey Street. Moon Girl does indeed live on Yancey Street, so it's somewhere in the uh, West Village, uh, Manhattan, uh, which is like prime real estate. So I don't know. But anyways, um, uh, Ben and his buddy Shecky 
uh, check in on the apartment that Ben had rented out to keep some of his uh, mementos from his adventures alongside the FF. And it looks as though uh, those kids had broken into the apartment, and that's where they'd gotten their hands on the flare gun. Uh, ben is happy to find, however, that those punks, they did, they did not get the special box that he kept on the table. And Shecky is able to pry from Ben what this box is, and Ben reluctantly tells, tells him about it. And he tells a tale of a time when he and the family were on one of their adventures and that found themselves stuck um, in some alternate realm, uh, a different dimension, struggling to find them with themselves a way home. And there's this alien sorceress who's alongside them, and she was their guide. So and she, she has this special stone in her staff that can open up gateways home, but it requires a very special type of energy to activate it. To be specific, it requires a really good singing voice. And the sorceress asks which member of the team is the best singer. And they all reply, Johnny, except for Sue, who suggests that she's the best singer. And then she's totally mad at her husband for not thinking, thinking that she has a good okay. singing voice. Kudos to the letterer for when Sue <laughs> says fine and it's like frosty icicles in the word bubble. I thought that was great. So kudos to the letterer for that. That was amazing. Okay, I, 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 love, I saw that and I giggled. I love the quote from Reed when he's like, subjectively, yes, but objectively, as a scientist, I have to say that Johnny's, was it Timber, is, um, sorry, I have to steer the ship. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was like the best page of it. Well, well not, right, not so quite. Playfully, she uh, Sue relents and she lets her brother give it a go, and he takes the sorceress's staff and belts out some rendition of uh, the pop song Dunkershin. Um This is the one made famous uh, when sang by Wayne Newton. Uh, it's featured in the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Can you guys see that movie? Oh God, I haven't I, seen it in like. Right, I think I saw it when I was uh, at Christmas because it was one of those movies that was like on the background. Well, it's a you know Wayne Newton has this crazy soprano voice and he sounds like a twelve-year-old or whatnot. But um, I guess Johnny does as well, and he he sings well enough to open up a portal home, and uh, the space-faring sled makes it back to Manhattan. Whereupon they have to get Johnny to stop grandstanding and quit singing, and somehow Reed is able to get the sorceress back home. And to th- and to thank them, she gave them a small shard of her special stone, which Ben had kept in his box. And kind of reminiscing about this this whole thing really sort of helps Ben make a big decision, and he knows exactly what he wants to do with this stone. Uh, uh, now it turns out that Alicia did indeed adopt those cats. Um, and she lays about her apartment, playing with them, coming up with new names for them when she hears a knock on the door. Uh, it's Ben, only he's not standing, he's kneeling, and he offers her the ring made with the special stone and asks if she would accept his hand in marriage, and she says yes before she, he hasn't had a chance to finish the question. Oh, um, so cute. It's really cute. It is. So, <clears throat> sometime later, the pair are celebrating on their rooftop, and Ben had called Johnny to tell them, and he has some important news, and Johnny flies on, and he's overjoyed to learn they're going to finally get married. Um, uh, although his mood sours when Ben asks Johnny if he'll be his best man. Uh, Johnny demands that there's only one person who could act as Ben's best man, his true best friend, Reed. And how can they have a wedding without their family there? How could Ben give up on finding them? 
it's, you know, really too much for Johnny. He flames on and shoots up in the sky and he's just yelling, um, just asking for a sign. Um, and, you know, he doesn't want to give up. Very sad. I kind of got watery-eyed, too. Yeah, I mean, this this was quite a lot like um, the first few issues. Of, I think it's the first issue of Marvel 2-in-1. It kind of yeah. it kind of showed where uh, um, where Johnny was in like his his mental state, um, and it kind of yeah I think Dan Slott showed it here as well. It was sad. Um, so no sign is offered, and Johnny finally floats back down to the rooftop where Ben and Alicia are waiting for him, and he begins to sob, having fully accepted that his fam his family is truly lost. And then the scene shifts to some desolate landscape somewhere on some unknown planet in an unknown realm. And there, Reed and Sue are making some sort of adjustments to some sort of device. Um, now, when we last saw them during Secret Wars, uh, the pair seemed to be in fine shape. But now, however, they look a little bedraggled. Uh, their costumes are dirty and torn, and Reed's beard is all grown up and grown out and unkempt. They look like they've been through some tough times. And uh, Reed activates the machine, um, and worlds away, a giant number four illuminates uh, across the entire planet, the Eastern Hemisphere. Um, it's a beacon, uh, a call for help maybe. It's pretty much the sign that Johnny had been asking for. And he and Ben and Alicia, they look up. She didn't look up, she's blind. Um, and, and they see it and they're like, what does this mean? Um, but we have to wait until next month to find out what it means. But it's not the end of the issue. We got a short tale illustrated by Simone Bianchi. <laughs> Did I get it right? Bianchi? That's how I would pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, Bianchi, I'm I probably think. mispronouncing it. Right. I could be mispronouncing it. Anyways, this is a secondary story focusing on the unofficial fifth member of the Fantastic Four, uh, the adversary. Or the infamous Iron Man. Victor Von Doom. Uh, the tale shows a young woman who is a resident of the capital city of, of Latveria called Doomstadt, and she's part of the resistance fighting against the totalitarian regime who has seized power uh, in the nation following Doom's absence. Uh, she has snuck into the castle and is uh, quickly uh, seized by a bunch of Doombots. Um, but then, before these robots can dispense of her, uh, the real Dr. Doom steps in. Um, and uh, she says, you know, you have to return, you have to uh, bring us, bring our nation back to its glory days, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what, what? You know, he's pretty much down. Uh, he had tried to kind of turn his life around and, and, and become the infamous Iron Man to, to follow Tony Stark's lead and be a hero and really didn't work out well at all um on top of that his, his face got scarred up again um, yeah yeah which kind of it kind yeah, of, yeah it, it, like, i mean he uh, if you haven't read yeah Infamous i was confused Man, by that i thought he was fixed but i guess not basically um you know uh brian michael bendis took him on this big long kind of emotional journey character development arc and then at the very end press reset and send him back to his original status quo. It's kind of yeah. strange. I mean, well, to be fair, he kind of did the same with Tony Stark and right. technically, well, kind of Rhodey, although Dan Slott kind of did that in uh, Iron Man issue one. Well, I think, um, you know, 
these writers sometimes they feel like they should put the toys back on the shelf in the exact same you know way they have them. Um, but we'll see what happens. Anyways, um, Doom's like, well, look at me. Is this really the face of of, of, your, of your freedom of, of what you of hope for you? And she's like, you know, it's not your face. We're interested in. And it's it's your real face. And she takes one of the the face plates from the fallen Doom bot and presents it to him. So this is your face, you know, the mask. And it kind of inspires him. And he's like, all right, fine, okay, let's do it. And he goes out there, and he, you know, within an instant, he kind of crushes the interlopers who had tried to take his land. It pretty much says that he's back in charge of Lockberia, and um, he's certain to be uh, a thorn in the side of the soon-to-be-reunited Fantastic Four. We shall see. I'm hoping that some of the development that he, that he showed through um, that infamous Iron Man run will will. Uh, utilized in his character moving forward we'll see yeah i mean in, i i really enjoyed him from Siren man um yeah because i have to say at that point you know he, he he kind of almost made a better iron man than tony stark um but i think that's because doom is is less he's he's more flawed but less flawed if that makes any sense than tony stark uh- <laughs> I hear we okay. Yeah, because because I think um, I mean yeah, Doom had a really cool arc, but he was always very focused on his goal. Whereas Tony Stark is probably less so. He's very much more kind of flexible, I think, than what than what Doom is. Um, he's a little more ADHD. Uh, yes, yeah, um, yeah. But no, I, I really enjoyed Fantastic Four. I, I think yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, I'm really glad that I, I said to you, however many, you know, it might have been more than a year ago now, I said, when it returns, I'll get it. Because, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it really I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. And yeah, relaunching a comic book is, is, uh, is usually entails kind of a, a lot of innovation and a bold new look, uh, a new status quo, new costumes, new members, hot claws, you know, <laughs> all kinds of new stuff. Uh, but you know, here uh, uh, Slot and Pacelli take a very interesting um, approach. They, they they say it isn't broke. We're not going to fix it. Um, yeah, and I, I like how they've taken to- you know kind of the two, the aspects from two and one. Um, right. You know, between Ben and uh, and Johnny, and I like how they've played with that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I do I do really hope that they take Doom in this in, in you know do similar for Doom. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is that this issue felt, you know, like the little story where they were off in space and Johnny had to sing to open the portal. That that story itself could have been easily plucked out of uh, any of the runs by, you know, with Mark Wade and Mike Winnego or, yeah. or Alan Davis or Chris Claremont or or even John John Burns run. And it's kind of like it's saying, you know, this is. Uh, the new status is the old status. Um, we know what you and, love. Uh, we're not changing it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> and I mean, you know, you, you know what we talked about earlier about kind of like um, the new guy in charge at, at Marvel. I think right. I think this is potentially probably one of the few positives that maybe he's kind of had to inspire at Marvel, bringing the Fantastic Four back. Um, right. Because they are a part of the status quo, you know. They're, they're, you know, Fantastic Four, X Men, and Avengers. They are your core kind of Marvel properties, and they're the ones that 
you expect to see. And I think not having Fantastic Four for something like four years has just been nuts. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for innovation. Um, I like seeing characters and stories change and evolve. But there are some things that, that should and do remain timeless. You know, family, friendship, faith, exploration, all these things are, are you know, they don't, they're always going to be there. And the real trick is, is melding together new innovation with timeless themes, you know. We get a little hint of this with, uh, with this issue, you know, because, uh, you know, we see Ben doing something, you know, quite drastic for him, you know, actually asking Alicia to marry him. They've been kind of uh, fooling around with getting married for you know, years. years now. Yeah. Um, and Johnny um, is much more emotionally tuned in this issue than he's been in years, you know, actually allowing himself to, uh, to really be up forward um, with his feelings. And, um, you know, it's character growth. Um, the real test is how they can sustain it. You know? Yep. Uh, I, it's, this is a really great start. Um, the real test will be how, uh, things, uh, continue and I'm looking forward to finding out. Yes. Yeah. And, and I hope that, um, you know, Dan Slot stays on it for oh, as long as possible, really. If Dan Slot does what he did with Silver Surfer, I have a feeling we're in for a pretty good run. Well, that's the thing, though. He's, he's got the freedom to use Galactus because Galactus got the big reset. You know, Silver Surfer. We we can have all that back again. I think I think he is one. I'm of the... sad about Galactus getting the reset because I would have loved to have seen the fan. What the Fantastic Four would have done with that? Well, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? He's the life bringer now. He don't understand. I mean, yeah. I mean, Galactus being the life the life giver or life bringer was pretty cool. But you know, it's like you said. I I think Doc summed it up pretty well with um you know. Some writers just want to put the toys back on the shelf as they got them, um, because ultimately everything just gets reset anyway. Um, I think the last decade of comic books shows that quite a lot. <laughs> yes. And I mean, I think that uh, um, I hope that that Sarah Pacelli stays on um, just as long because her art. This is maybe the best work I've seen her do, and um, the action is super fluid. Uh, the facial expressions are just, you know, spot on. Um, and the colors um, are pair wonderfully with line work. Uh, you know, you really see the orange uh, bounce out of Johnny's uh, flame on form and the blue in, in Ben's eyes really sparkling. You know, it's just aesthetically really great. Yeah, um, they've, they've, they have got one of the best creative teams on this book easily. I can't wait to see... Uh, how they depict uh, slightly older versions of Franklin and Valeria, and I, I, I'm very much hoping that the rest of the Future Foundation will be there, especially uh, Bentley Twenty Three and and Onami and, and Tong and Alex Powers. I just, oh man, all those guys are awesome. Yeah, and and, and hopefully if they do come out with a um, a new FF book, um, as in Future Foundation book, which uh, well, we'll put that. So he, I think what what <laughs> I think we're putting the horse before the cart. Let's oh, see how yeah. this book does. <laughs> but I mean, oh. you know, Bendis got infamous Iron Man, Invincible Iron Man, and uh, whatever else. You know, Dan Slott should get um, every property ever. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, at least have a go. Wow. At, you know, because because he's done Spider Man, he's done Silver Surfer, he's on Iron Man, he's on Fantastic Four. I think um, what hasn't he done? X- right, X Men and Avengers. I think. Well, it's kind of apropos of nothing, but under the radar, um, Al Ewing has been writing this oh whole God. series that is Al out of Ewing. Control. I do not understand how Al Ewing is not up there. And writing everything too, because wow. Have you been reading uh, I Immortal Hulk? Uh, not yet, but I just love Al Ewing, so I don't understand how he's not like. Well, okay, Immortal Hulk um, is basically what if the Hulk was a horror book? Um, and it is scary. Oh my god, I have not been creeped out by a comic like that in so long. It is. Uh, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like Stephen King style. It's, I definitely I'm, recommend it. I'm going to might have to pick that one up then. Um, because I I've been, I really want to get more kind of like horror style, like graphic novels, trade paperbacks, all that sort of stuff. So I might well pick that up when it comes out in trade. Sounds yeah, like a good book. Um, but for the time being, I definitely recommend FF. I recommend Marvel Rising, Death and Humans. All three books, very different and very good. So. Yep. Yeah, and if you if you want to end on a high, end on the, you know literally read them as we've reviewed them. <laughs> <laughs> so st- start with Definitely Humans and end with Fantastic Four because it's yeah, it's so good. And then pop on to YouTube and watch uh, Marvel Rising Initiation. It's it's a, it's a very pleasant little jaunt. Yeah, um, I think in the next month or so we've got so Definitely Humans. Three, most Marvel thirty-two, uh, Moon Girl this thirty-three, week, uh, Moon, Moon Girl thirty-four, oh, 34 uh, okay. the arrival of Devin Dinosaur. Dun dun dun! Yay! <laughs> they've, they've transformed Devil Dinosaur into a little boy, and he's gonna cause all kinds of mayhem. Nice. Yep. <laughs> on that note, all right, my voice has run out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and on that note, um. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a really good uh, good good chat. I'm I'm digging <laughs> Fantastic Four. Well, that's good. <laughs> I know I haven't said much lately because I just you guys have more to say on it than I do because I haven't read two in one. But I'll just say that I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I I highly recommend two in one. Um, just like I only read like the first three issues or so, and it was just such a well written book. Um. You know, Chip, Zard- Chip Zdarsky. I have to really accentuate that. I still want to know if he got his Harvey. His his what? Oh. He, he won a Harvey Award uh, about a year ago, and Mark Wade accepted it for him. And for a while there, Mark Wade was traveling the United States and posting pictures of Chip's Harvey, <laughs> but Chip has not gotten his Harvey yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. But, uh, the hashtag, where is Chip's Harvey? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, so so Chip Zadarsky, uh, great writer, uh, just in general, and an artist too. Uh, yeah, uh, but if you wanna if you wanna contact us, you can, uh, and Saren will give you the details on that as she normally does. You can always contact us at um, the show at adelanrising dot com or find us on Twitter at adelanrising one, and that is the number one, not one spelled out. We will love to hear from you and chat with you. Um, and until next time, thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>